When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. want to say hello to all the Pewter people that are watching this afternoon's show. We are back after a day off from the podcast, not from Bucks football in general, because there was a night practice. The Bucks practice indoors. During the evening, had a great turnout with the fans, and we're going to break all of that down on today's show, especially the quarterback competition where Kyle Trask has taken the lead in this battle between Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at PeterReport.com, SR Scott Reynolds. And Scott, I don't know uh, if playing under the lights kind of changed things for the Bucks last night, but got a little testy with a little skirmish. Got some highlight plays from Devin Tompkins, and uh, seems like the Bucks are ready to ready to uh, crack some skulls. Yeah, it was an interesting night for sure at the indoor practice facility over there at the Advent Health Training Center. Uh, Buccaneers practicing from seven to nine last night at nine fifteen, and right around nine o'clock, that's when uh, there was there was a fight under the lights, and it was. Uh, as Todd Bull said, it was um, uh, the dog days of camp have set in. That's where yeah. you have another week of practice. There's no game to prepare for, you know, and the pads are on. You're kind of getting sick and tired of, of seeing each other. And uh, you had a, a linebacker, the UConn kid. Uh, Brandon uh, Boyer Randall. Yeah, he, he just leveled uh, Rashad White at about the four-yard line, a little swing pass from Kyle Trask and, uh, and Robert Hainsey, who was the center last night, boy, he came over there as the right enforcer away. in a hurry. It looked like Ryan Jensen for a minute, right? So uh, he has been a good understudy. Robert Hainsey has learning from Ryan Jensen to, to protect your teammates. And so there was a bit of a, of a skirmish there. There's almost a little bit of a skirmish a couple plays earlier when Luke Gedeke, when he was with the, the first string, uh, Baker Mayfield was the quarterback. He had a um, uh, legal hands to the face, and we know that because there are refs there at the at the practice last night in the last couple of days, throwing the flag. Uh, how do we know it was legal hands to the face? Well, because Luke Gedeke literally ripped the helmet off of Jose Ramirez's head. So uh, that that kind of got uh, the juices flowing a little bit. Things got amped up, and Todd Bowles addressed both of those plays as well as a couple others. Uh, time to play some smart football. Th- th- that type of, of play uh, is not good for your teammates because they're all on the same side. 
And it's also it's there's a carryover effect, right? You have to keep your yeah. emotions in check and, and play within the rules of the game. Otherwise, you know, the Bucks beat the Bucks again. Yeah, Sunday. Bruce Arians used to be a huge advocate of no fighting, mostly when it was against another team, when you have those joint training camp practices. Yeah. But no fighting within your teammates as well. And I feel like Todd Bowles kind of echoes that same kind of sentiment. So there's a time to place for the physicality. You know, there there are sessions, even with the full pads on, that aren't yeah. really contact-driven. And then there's other times where it's like, hey, it's a full go. I can't wait. I don't know when yeah. it'll happen. But I can't wait when they do goal line, good on good, when the physicality is yeah. allowed by the Bucks coaches. That's one of the best it reps is. of all of training camp every single season. So not ideal by uh, Brandon Boyer-Randall. Yeah. Probably wasn't going to make the team in the first place, but really, really hurt himself now. Yeah. And it's very interesting because Todd Bowles speaks a lot in general about the Emmys, the mental errors yeah. of uh, of the team. goes back to last season. He mentioned it the other day as well that he thought practice was was quite sloppy yeah. and there's a lot of things they they need to clean up. He's very very big. I mean every coach is, but yeah. Todd Todd Bowles really hammers home the the uh you know the mentally tough being smart as a player when when you're on the field. And I think right now while Todd Bowles doesn't try to give away too many things, I kind of believe that Todd at this moment a week into training camp isn't totally pleased with the uh, with the mental aspect of what Tampa Bay is doing right now. I, I, I think he's a little disappointed with some of the big mistakes that this team has made. Yeah, I think that's fair. At the same time, too, um, he was asked last night, Todd Bowles was asked, about the, the new practice schedule. You know, Matt, there's a couple yes. tweaks that, that we've noticed uh, this year. You and I were the first to notice during the OTAs. It's like after one round of indies, boom, they jump right into eleven on eleven, you know, yeah. and and uh, and waste no time and uh, and and just really kind of spending about half the practice in eleven on elevens and and there's been a little bit more, uh, you know, one on ones and individuals and install. Then they get to the the eleven on eleven a little bit later in training camp, so that that's been a little bit more normal. But one thing that Bowles addressed last night that is not normal is. This team used to, under Bowles last year and, and Bruce Arians before that, and probably Dirk Cutter before that, if my memory serves me correctly, you'll have four days in a row of, of, of uh, practices and then a day off. Bowles sat down with general manager Jason Light, the nutritionists, the strength and conditioning coaches, the trainers, and, and mapped out a, a practice schedule that is three days on and then one day off, three days on and one day off. You have to give the players one day per the collective bargaining agreement. So you can't practice seven days. I know there's some coaches out there that would love to just get a whole week's <laughs> worth of work in. But uh, in the modern day NFL, that's not the case. And I think what what's the, the, the byproduct, and we're going to knock on wood here, Matt, is they have they've stayed healthier, right? With the exception of that calf strain from Kalaja Kansi, it's like, I, I, you know, you read our Twitter feed as, as much as I do. You, you're seeing all of these players that are, you know, breaking arms and having all these injuries. And I don't know that it's attributed to four days of practice on, but what I do know is that the players seem to be uh, not fading and, and, uh, and being able to maximize their ability for three days. Then they're getting that, that rest day. And you're not seeing the hamstring pulls and, and some of those, those soft tissue injuries. Now, again, Kalaja can't see a different story, but, He's been the only, only one so far, and we're into week two now at training camp. 
And Kalijah Kansi's injury was very early in practice during the individual drills. It wasn't even like it was 11 on 11 and he was going up against an offensive lineman. He was just running through the pads and unfortunately suffered that injury. But I absolutely love yeah. this move by Todd Bowles and the Bucks front office and the training staff because the team gets in enough work as it is. Yeah. I personally don't think that, oh, if you practice three days you're losing so much by not having that fourth day in a row. Yeah. I mean, you look at the regular season, you're really only in shoulder pads and everything on Wednesday and Thursday. And Friday right. is like a glorified walkthrough. You're just yeah. in in helmets and shorts and a jersey. So Good point. I don't have any issue with the Bucks kind of taking that last day because what did we say all the time during training camp and damn well these preseason games? Mm -hmm. Just cross your fingers and hope you get through it injury-free. Yeah. That's always the biggest. I mean, you That's see it. teams that don't even play their starters, especially the quarterbacks, they don't even play their quarterbacks anymore yeah. in the preseason. <laughs> so if you got to do everything you possibly can to avoid injury. It, it Obviously, it sucks with Kalijah Kansi because he's a rookie and yeah. getting his feet wet in the NFL. But for the long haul, yeah, longevity, staying injury-free. I mean, the Bucs suffered it last year with Ryan Jensen. They got to do everything possible to keep everybody healthy. And I think this is a fantastic move. We have a super chat from Bucket With Your Girl. Thank you so much Thank for you. the super chat. They say, should we be worried about the backup defense? I'm not sure if you mean like the defensive line or just the backups in general um, for Tampa Bay. I'll start with the defensive line, though, because yeah. obviously it, it impacts the Bucs most right away with the uncertainty of Kalijah Kansi. Now, he should be back by the regular season. Yep. Todd Bowles wouldn't necessarily commit to that because Todd Bowles stays on the fence about pretty much everything <laughs> right. that goes on. Uh, but it is important nonetheless because I don't think Kalijah Kansi, week one against the Vikings, even if he is available, is going to play 85% of the snaps or something right. like that coming off that injury. Now, that's why they re-signed Will Golston, is it not? You know, that that's a big reason why Will Golston's back in the mix. But I think the the caveat into all of this is Logan Hall. Yeah. What do what do the Bucks get from their second year player, their first pick of last year in the second round, Logan Hall? Because if he can pick up the slack, if he's a completely different player this year, yeah. then the worry about Kalijah Kansi goes way way down. And you know what? Pat O'Connor as well has looked yeah. really really good in training camp from just putting on more weight, just looking like the Incredible Hulk as, as 305 has pounds. Said. Yeah, three oh five, knocking over Cody Malk left and right. So this is a good opportunity for Pat O'Connor as well, who's normally only plays special teams, but in the preseason when it's time to shine, he yeah. usually gets at least one sack in the preseason. So this is a huge opportunity exactly. for him as well. I think you're right. Uh, you look at this defense. Todd Bowles is not afraid to play younger players. I was yeah. talking with Josh Capo on the phone about this today. Uh, Josh is coming down from Atlanta to cover some Bucks training camp. I'm going yes, to Canton is. tomorrow for Rondé Barber's uh, enshrinement into the Pro Football Hall of Fame reporting live from Canton. So uh, Matt, Josh, Bailey will have some of our other Peter reporters out there at uh, a training camp this weekend with practices Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the day off on Sunday, and then back to it on Monday. And, you know, Josh was asking about kind of getting the lay of the land as he gets ready to come down and watch camp for the first time. And I was talking about the safety position, and Matt, we've seen how much they like Kayvon Merriweather and Chris Izian. Yep. And and you go back to last year, and go back to that 49ers game, right? Anton Winfield's not playing, and you've got uh, Logan Ryan, and you've got Keanu Neal getting torched in that game. Both of those yeah. guys had a bad game. They're veteran players. They just can't run. You know, they. they I think Logan Ryan at age 32 now, I believe. 
probably done. He might be an emergency signing somewhere. To yeah, he's doing more media stuff now, too, which yeah. is usually a sign of you're kind of transitioning yep. to your next career, yeah. which I think is great for Logan Ryan. He's had an I awesome agree. career, and I think he'll be great in the media, too. Yeah, um, and, and you've got uh, you know Ryan Neal, huge upgrade over Keanu Neal, no relation. And uh, this, I think Todd Bowles wants speed. I think he wants guys that can run. At this point in time, all that experience in the world doesn't help you when you're in the trail position and you get the ball flying over your head to a receiver, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it, experience Very matters, true. but if you can't make the play because you don't have the wheels anymore, it, it doesn't really matter. And so I think at this stage of the game, Todd Bowles says, I love my starting safeties. And you know what? I'm going to take a chance on some of these younger guys because I like them. We're going to develop them. We're going to coach them up. Nick Rapone is a fantastic safeties yes. coach. They're in good hands. I, and you look, too, and, again, we, we've seen Keenan Isaac make some plays in the ball. And Matt, last night, he finally comes up with an interception yeah. off Baker Mayfield. And he and Zion McCollum, I think, are a, a nice one-two punch on that second unit. Zion getting reps again with the first tr string last night with Carlton Davis out. Um, and, yes, Zion McCollum got absolutely torched by Mike Evans twice in one-on-ones. It was ugly. It wasn't even close. But as I told Josh today, and you've seen it, Matt, pewter people, I'm telling you, Mike Evans is the best player in training camp right now. He is absolutely dominating. He's on another level. And the show level. continued last night. He's on another level. And I'm very curious with Mike. You spoke to the media yesterday, and you talked a lot about how there are some routes. He said a lot of offenses are the same. They're just called yeah. different things. And, and when they are called is the biggest difference and the biggest nuance. But he also said that there are some routes that he's even never seen. And he's going into his 10th year yeah. in the NFL working <laughs> no. in this new offense. And the biggest thing that Mike said was that he's moved around in other mm -hmm. offenses. But in this one, he's moving around even more. And it's going to be yeah. that much more difficult to double team him, right. which as Mike Evans also spoke about with Jeremy Fowler and it's up on pewterreport.com as well that Mike views himself as the best wide receiver in the league as he should. I mean, self-confidence goes a long way for yeah. really any player, but he said like, I'm surmising it obviously, but a lot of what Mike's been able to do has been not just with multiple quarterbacks. And you and I know that we've yeah. been hammering home for a very long time, but so many teams double team him more than other receivers out yeah. there. Because he's not moving around as much. So for Mike, and I, I was thinking about this before, because last year wasn't a bad season by Mike Evans. But right. with our expectations of Mike, because they are held in such high regard, was kind of a down season for Mike Evans. So I think going into this year, just the bad taste of last season in general right. as a team for the Bucks, and Mike maybe not truly – reaching every single thing that he wanted to do last year. He's coming in with a completely fresh new look, a new lease on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it really doesn't matter who's going to be the quarterback for him because of this offense, what he's able to do, Mike yeah. is on a a vengeance tour right now. And he is. anyone's in his way, I mean, he's bodying Christian Isian as he should because mm -hmm. he's, you know, 100 feet taller than him. Right. Zion McCollum <laughs> has played so great and – the one thing I remember most about Zion is the other day in practice, he allowed a touchdown and he was upset with himself. He went out the next two plays, had a great pass breakup. So he's been motivated internally where if I mess up on a play, I'm going to go out and, and yeah. make up for it after. So Zion's been great. I, I can't wait to watch him tomorrow in practice because he's probably pissed 
that might yeah. beat him. He's only going to be that much better. Well, and to his credit, he rebounded. He had a pass breakup. He and he actually came exactly. on a on a first down run blitz and and had a tackle for loss or what would have been a tackle for loss. They're not taking guys to the ground. Uh, so Zion, outside of getting schooled by Mike on two plays, was was having a really good night. Um, I agree with everything you said, Matt. And and in watching that that press conference last night from Mike Evans. He is so energized by two things, Dave Canales, and I mean, who wouldn't be? He's the human Celsius, as you like yes. to say, Matt. And and then also this young wide receiving core. He's entering year 10 now. And it's interesting because he said, I can't wait to see those those routes that I've never seen and actually can't wait to, to run them. And you know what that tells me? It tells me they're not going to be installed in training camp. They're going to be installed probably yeah. week, you know, before before week one when the media only gets to watch the first 30 minutes of practice during regular season. And that's basically calisthenics and indies just to, just to let us know who's practicing and who isn't. That's the extent of it. And then we're sent inside and that's where they practice their plays. So uh, it was, um, it, it, it was exciting to see the excitement from Mike about this offense and Dave Canales. And I just think he's going to be in for a monster year. I, I haven't seen Mike Evans dominate in training camp this way. He usually kind of paces himself, and yeah. it just—he even said it. He's like, "Hey, everybody needs to step up now that Tom's gone, and starting with myself." And you can just see that he is doing that. So he—he uh, he had a, an, another, you know, very good showing. Uh, but you know, the man of the hour that we're talking about today, and uh, we—we've already have a little bit of controversy here because uh, Sean Asher says Trask takes the lead. That's a pretty bold headline, Peter. Report your reputation is on the line. With a statement like that, but listen. Uh, all we're doing in training camp and even during the season is we are taking snapshots. We're taking pictures. The picture last night, the picture on on uh, Monday, the picture on Sunday was Kyle Trask, Kyle Trask, Kyle Trask. The picture Thursday has yet to be taken yet, and that might be Baker Mayfield's day. It might be Baker Mayfield Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. But it's our job to report on the news as it happens. And as of right now, on a day where the Bucks aren't practicing, Kyle Trask has won the last three practices. And the reason why he's won that is very simple, because of the interceptions. It's something we yeah. at Pewter Report have been saying all summer long. Dave Canales even said it. This is not necessarily what you know what we're saying, uh, for example. Uh, we, we're, we're basically saying th this is how they're going to judge the quarterback competition, and it's going to be whoever turns the ball over the least is probably going to get the job. And this is what this is what uh, Todd Bowles had to say last night. I asked him. I said, "This is now what like four practices where Kyle Trask has not turned the ball over." And Bowles said, "It's a great thing. The, their number one responsibility, meaning the quarterback, is don't turn the ball over. Kyle has been doing a, a good job of not turning it over. And these are the interceptions." that we've charted. Some of these are in seven on seven. Some of these are in team, but they're interceptions. Nonetheless, the touchdowns count, whether it's seven on seven or 11 on 11. Uh, they, they also count in, in 11 on 11 when they're interceptions and seven on sevens. So Servasia Dennis kicked things off with that first interception of Kyle Trask, the only one. And that was on the very first, uh, very first hey. interception by anybody. That was the second day of training camp. Then uh, later that practice, Nolan Turner, the safety, picked off Baker Mayfield. Uh, John Wolford got into the mix with an interception himself from Zion McCollum. That was a pick six mm -hmm. on Sept or, uh, September, uh, July 28th. 
And then it's been four straight interceptions for Baker Mayfield over the last three practices. Servasier Dennis got him on the 30th, and then he threw two interceptions, one to Winfield, one to, to Yaya Diaby yeah, yeah. on the 31st, which was Monday. And then last night, Baker threw a pick to Keenan Isaac. So five interceptions to one. And Kyle Trask, since Sunday, Matt, and we've talked about it, and it, it bears repeating, Kyle Trask looks like a different quarterback than we've ever seen him look. Decisive, in command, quick triggered, quick Louder. reactions. Uh, just he looks like a potential starting quarterback. And we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. Training camp is far from over. And as it's been told to me, and, and you know this too, Matt, and we'll tell the pewter people out there, the hierarchy is, in terms of what these quarterbacks are going to be judged on, the three preseason games, number one, after that is the down the, the pecking order, is the Jets practices, the joint practices that you and Adam Slavon will be attending yep. next week up there in New Jersey. That's number two. Uh, of the, the lesser uh, judgment period will be the training camp practices uh, in, in Tampa as a whole. Uh, so what happens under the lights is going to be counting the most. What happens against another team counts a little bit less, uh, but certainly more than what the Bucks are doing in practice right now. So Kyle Trask just has to stack these days. Baker Mayfield has to avoid turnovers, and he can get right back into this thing. It's not – it's not like it's it's you know Trask uh, way up here and Baker here. It's yeah. this close. Yeah, Kyle Trask is not running away with this by any means. And I just I just want this on the record. I'm only going to speak for myself because I'm not roping anyone else into this. My prediction was that Baker Mayfield was going to win this job, and yeah. as have a lot of people made that prediction. Yep. But I am not going to downplay anything Kyle Trask has done. Yeah. Just to be right about a, an opinion. That right. would be unfair to the pewter people. Yeah. And it's downright is just dumb because it's bad reporting. You right. know, so uh, we, we as Peter Report, now I'll bring everyone into it. Yeah. Peter Report are not trying to put Kyle Trask on a pedestal and knock Baker Mayfield for playing so poorly. That is just what we've seen every single day at practice. Yeah. When Baker Mayfield throws five interceptions, what do you want us to say? Oh, right. they weren't as bad as you thought. Maybe you yeah. can say that about the Yaya one because that got tipped at the line of scrimmage. I think yeah. that's really one that is excusable for. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. Baker Mayfield being six feet tall is going to have more passes batted at the line of scrimmage than and six foot Baker's five Kyle Trask. Fault. Yes, yeah. we've already put the blame on Baker's yeah. parents for right. the lack of height on that one. But yeah, I mean that's something that Kyle Trask has to use to his advantage. Now, where yeah. Baker has succeeded a little bit more, and we kind of saw it with. I'm curious to get your take on this mm -hmm. because Baker's had a little bit more of the splash plays, the big plays down the field. Yeah. But Kyle Trask looked good in the red zone as well. The big play we're all talking about from the other night mm -hmm. is the amazing, insane catch mm -hmm. by Devin Tompkins down the field on a ball thrown by Baker Mayfield. But I'm very curious what you think, Scott, because yeah. when you watch the replay again, Tompkins made an incredible catch. Oh, yeah. There was like three defenders oh, yeah. around 
Devin he, Tompkins he on that play. He out Baker Mayfield. Exactly. It did. wasn't a wise throw. Like, if, if that's Anton Winfield Jr. and Carlton and someone else over there, yeah, it probably gets intercepted, let alone right. at least knocked down. So I was curious to get your thoughts about that. Yeah, uh, and it's one of those things. It was right at the at the end of practice. Uh, and to Baker's credit, after that, he punched the ball in for a touchdown through a nice little pass to Dominique Daphne uh, over Boyer Randell um, for, for the touchdown. Trask moved the team all the way down the field, but they had to settle for a field goal. So, again, uh, Baker Mayfield's doing a lot of good things. He yes. definitely has more highlight reel throws. There's no doubt about it, and that was one of them. But that's one of those things where you just wonder because in the series before, Baker went three and out twice, so then they gave him another series – and and so you know, one of those was a drop, uh, so it wasn't all his fault. But but you almost felt like Baker was just said, you know, screw it and just threw it up, and I'm gonna have my guy make a play. And it's funny that he th- he throws it up to the, to the five foot guy. seven, yeah. Devin Tompkins, but the guy that does parkour, you know, and he he went up and used those skills, those jumping skills. Uh, I think he was tested like a 38 inch vertical, and he said, no, 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 I got a 41 inch vertical. I just didn't jump as high for my pro day testing. But yeah, I mean, we've seen Devin Tompkins make some amazing catches. So on one hand, you're like, Oh God, no Baker. No, 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 no. And then, wow. Okay, cool. So it worked out for him, but we'll see. Again, it's, it's exciting because I I really feel like Baker Mayfield the first week elevated the play of Kyle Trask. Yeah. You know, I I feel like, I feel like they're pushing each other now. And I, I would not be surprised at all. If if Baker does a little slingshot and has a really good week, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if I came back from Canton and I watched the Peter Report podcast and I read all the stories on PeterReport.com from you guys, and, and I saw the Baker Mayfield just you know kind of snatch the lead, the lead right back. Um, I would that wouldn't surprise me at all. This this quarterback battle is a long way from being over, but right now, and this is not just Peter Report saying this, folks. This is coming from inside the building. Kyle Trask has the lead. Yeah, that's just the case for the time being and it, it could change on a daily basis it could change yeah. on a weekly basis so maybe on thursday when the bucks get back out there you know baker might need to like re-energize a little bit to to get it going so maybe he should have a celsius energy drink before he uh, heads out to practice on thursday and of course celsius is the presenting sponsor of the peter report podcast and the official energy drink make sure you check out their newest flavor the cosmic vibe it's a sparkling fruit punch absolutely delicious just like all of their flavors can't go wrong with any of them like the sparkling lemon lime or the grape or the orange or the arctic vibe tropic vibe um tropical vibe excuse me so many awesome delicious flavors no sugar no post-energy drink crash or jitters that you might get with another product out there. If you want to know where to find a Celsius energy drink, go to the store website and punch in your address. It'll show you the closest location where you can pick one up, whether it's your convenience store, your Walmart, Target, or your bodega. Bodega. And also, if you love Celsius so much, you can order in bulk. Get that variety pack. Variety is the spice of life. Um, go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save, and you can have it sent to your residence whenever you want. That's totally up to you. Um, have it sent every week, quarterly, monthly, yearly, whenever you want. Just make Celsius your number one pick. Celsius, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Matt. Um, you know, Aside from Mike Evans, we've talked about him a lot, and he looked really good. He, he schooled Josh Hayes 
on a, a touchdown. They did a lot of red zone work. <laughs> and, and, you know, as, as much as we're singing the praises of Kyle Trask and, and, and Baker, he threw a couple touchdowns as well. It wasn't like his whole night was, was awful just because of that pick from, um, from Keenan Isaac. The best quarterback last night in terms of efficiency was actually John Wolford. It was crazy. He had four touchdowns in a row. And I'll put the the practice report, if you haven't read it yet, um, I encourage you to read it because I did it last night at midnight. And uh, I, I want you to enjoy it. I didn't really enjoy doing it because it was late, but it's for you, pewter people. So I'm going to do it. And we, we, we highlight all of the, the touchdowns in there. He threw a couple touchdowns to, to Tanner Tawa. And I mean... John Wolford knows this offense inside and out. Yeah. And, and I'll say it again. You don't want to see this guy on the field, right? He's not a starting caliber quarterback. He's not in the quarterback competition. But if there is an emergency, and we've seen Ryan Griffin years ago when, um, when Jameis Winston got hurt, he came in, I think it was against the Colts back in 2019 and played a series. Yeah, through like one pass. <laughs> yeah, it was like one of three or something for yeah. four yards. That was like his entire NFL career. But Wolford can sling it, man. Like he's smart. He finds the open guy. He's really good for the room. We heard Dave Canales talk about that again last night. He's a little shorter than Baker. He's, I think he's probably 5'11", maybe six foot. And I, he's he's fun to watch. And now here's the thing. I've, I've heard... You know, because I, I will ping some of my sources at at uh, the within the team and uh, drop them some texts and all that. And I'm like, I, I love the fact we've talked about it on the podcast before. Love the fact that when Wolford's out there, sometimes they'll give him Mike Evans and Chris Goblin yeah. throw to right. He'll get some touchdowns there. But the thing is, Matt, we didn't see Kyle Trask when he was the third string quarterback for two years behind Tom Brady get nearly this amount of reps. Now it's Could've crazy. Helped them a little bit. Could have helped them a little bit. Right? Exactly. And that's the points that these people in the building were making. And the frustration from Byron left, which continues because Kyle could have been that much further along heading into where he is now. If he would have gotten more reps, it just, it seemed like, like, you know, Tom Brady, uh, and God love him, he's the greatest quarterback of all time, and I'm not here to slander Tom Brady, but he was so demanding. I need, like, you know, 70% of the reps, and that would leave uh, about, you know, 20 25% of the reps for Blaine Gabbert, and then you had 5% of the reps that would get split between Griffin and, and Trask. And yeah. Byron Leftwich – Bruce Arians just did Kyle Trask a disservice. He could have played more reps. Now, to be fair, Trask did get a lot of work last year with regards to Brady's absence, right? Mm -hmm. In Tennessee, he had one really good practice, and he was kind of in the running with uh, with, with Blaine Gabbert for the, the, the backup job. Blaine won that. It was kind of the fix was in from the beginning because of Blaine's veteran uh, status on the team. But mm -hmm. you, just, you just think that, during the season and practice, Kyle could have got a little bit more because we're seeing John Wolford get more now. And, uh, you know, he's he's shining in those opportunities. It's interesting. He, he's honestly he's, he's the best third string quarterback yeah. I've ever seen in Tampa. The whole reason the whole reason for drafting Kyle Trask in the second round and redshirting him was to develop him as a quarterback for yeah. this exact situation when Tom Brady retired or left yeah. the team. And I think the Bucs did a poor job of developing 
the quarterback that they invested a an early draft pick in, yeah. a second round draft pick. Now, to your point about John Wolford, I <laughs> and you don't want the situation to happen. But right. if there's a situation where the Bucks are going into the fourth quarter and they are either up by two scores, right, or it's late in the game, the fourth quarter probably one drive left to go and they're yeah. down, but they need a touchdown to win or tie it. And Wolford has to come into the game. Mm-hmm. I would not feel as if all hope is lost. I agree. I'm not saying like, <laughs> I agree. I'm not saying he's going to lead them yeah. to the Super Bowl or even right. the playoffs or anything like that. But in those two scenarios, I That's just, a great way to say I just it, put out yes. for everybody. Yeah. I would not feel like all hope is lost. With exactly. In other words, don't yeah. head for the exits just yet. Hang yeah. on. Like it's not over. We'll see what Wolford can do. Like that, it's you're exactly right. Well said, my friend. That's that is that is spot on. Uh, the the other thing too is is uh, in, in addition to uh, the great play from Mike Evans, a couple of, of really good catches by some wide receivers last night. And 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 again, Kate Odden and David Wells, both those tight ends are a one-two punch. They they continue to shine. Trask towards the end of practice threaded the needle into Kate Otten. It was a really tough concentration catch, but he made it. Kate Otten and uh, David Wells have they catch just about everything thrown their way. Trey Palmer had a night. Yeah, Trey Palmer had a night. Raheem Jarrett had a night. I would be really surprised if the bottom three on the wide receiver depth chart behind Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Russell Gage is not Trey Palmer, Devin Tompkins, and Raheem Jarrett. I think those guys are. Whatever order you want to put him in, wide receiver four, five, and six, five, four, six, six, yeah. four, five, whatever. They're the three guys right now. And once again, Matt, we saw Rakeem Jarrett and Devin Tompkins doing kickoff return together back there. So those were the two return guys. That's kind of been a consistent theme we've seen in special teams. And of course, you got to note if you're going to be on the bottom part of the roster or bottom part of the depth chart, you're going to have to play teams. And that, that's what Jarrett and Tompkins are doing. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's another way to make this team, uh, as a especially as a returner, but a, as a special teams player. The Bucs are almost forced to keep six wide receivers at this point because the room yeah. is just so talented. You heard Mike Evans go crazy over the, the wide receivers, and he's like, he said it sucked, actually, that they have all yeah. these great wide receivers because not everyone gets to make the team. Right. Well, you know, it just speaks to the talent of the Bucks front office to find all these players year in and year out that – make the competition so difficult to choose from. And we have a, a super chat from Bucks Basement. Thank you very much, much Bucks Basement. They say, how is Gedeke doing in camp? Heard a mixed bag. I think that's fair to say. They're yeah. pleased with, with Gedeke in his progress. He is not going to come out in his first training camp as a right tackle in the NFL and be that guy that is just Tristan Wirfs. He's, yeah. he's just not, you know, he's, it's going to be a work in progress at right tackle. Like it was at left guard. The, the benefit to get a key is threefold. Number one, he has some experience playing in the NFL. Number two, he's at a more natural position where he played two years of central Michigan as a starter, plus that week 18 game in Atlanta. So he's, he's more comfortable on the right side. Number three, he is strong as an ox. He was literally lifting Plate for plate, pound for pound with Tristan Wirfs in the weight room. He is called Luke the Lifter yeah. for a reason. Luke and Tristan Wirfs are super tight. They're like best buds. They're kind of roommates that, uh, in the Tristan Wirfs diary this past week. 
uh, he he talked about the like kind of the quad apartment they live in. It's Robert Hainsey, who he calls Bob, Luke Gedicke, Tristan Wirfs, and Baker Mayfield. Those those four guys share the common area. They all have separate rooms. And and he's just tight with Gedicke. And Tristan speaks very highly of Luke. And it's a little bit of work in progress. You, uh, the, the technique needs some work in pass protection. The run blocking is really, really good. And the great thing is in this scheme, Matt, how many seven-step drops do we see in this scheme? Zero. Yeah, not, how many five-step drops do we see in this scheme? Very few. Uh, any type of, of five-step drop typically is going to be replaced by a shotgun set, right, where the quarterback's already that far back from the line of scrimmage. And and the three steps, and boom. This, this offense is designed to get the ball out quickly and put less pressure on the offensive line in terms of pass protection. That's why I'm most eager for the the first. I mean, I'm eager for a lot of things for the Bucs this year. But that first preseason game, because there are times, because you can't hit the quarterback and all this stuff, yeah. you see the pocket start to collapse a little bit. And I'm like, would this play still be going on right now if yeah. you were allowed to hit the quarterback? I haven't fully understood whether or not um, that's it would be a, a great play or not. So that's something yeah. I'm really going to be watching for that first preseason game because yeah. I, I still think there's some work needed to be done as far as the pass blocking goes, especially when the Bucks have sent some blitz. It really yeah. seems like Ryan Neal and Antoine Winfield Jr. seem to get home mm-hmm. maybe almost every single time that they blitz. So I think blitz pick up even for Tristan Wirfs is something that you got to work on a little bit moving to the other side because it is a little bit different in that aspect of it. And of course, Cody Melk yeah. is known more as a run blocker gets to that second right. level, that type of thing. And, Pass blocking was something that he needed to work on. So I, I am a little worried still about the overall pass blocking for this team. But one way to completely combat that is the quick plays. And I think the completion percentage alone for the Bucks is going to skyrocket this year. Yeah. Just from the routes that are being run and the plays that are being called. And obviously with the movement of the quarterback, that helps getting people open as well. So yeah. definitely some concerns with the offensive line, but can be managed in the right set. No concerns about Tristan Wirfs. He looks like a Pro Bowl left tackle. He just yeah. does. He does. Um, he's making Shaq Barrett look ordinary, and and Shaq is is really good. It just six foot five, three hundred and forty five pounds, moves like a gazelle. I mean, it, it's going to be a seamless transition. I'm not going to say that he's going to go sack free this year. He, there's going to be some stubbing of the toe a little bit. It, not every snap is going to go Tristan Wirfs' way, but it's it's going to be enough to where. He will get Pro Bowl consideration for sure this year at left tackle. He's uh, he told me he's even wiping his ass now with his left hand. Told me that in the training camp. Diary. Breaking so, news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he said, I, "I just have to, I've got to learn to punch with my left hand, do everything with my left hand. I'm doing everything I can with my left hand, including that." So uh, I don't have any concerns about Tristan Wirfs at left tackle. Um, I think he's I think he's going to be just fine there. Uh, the pass protection. One thing Dave Canales did say last night was. Three seconds, the play is over, and he reiterates that in the meetings with the with the quarterbacks is because Dave or not Dave Moore, Tom Moore, it times the the release of every quarterback, every play. That's his job. He times the release, and two point seven seconds is the ideal release time. It's got to be gone by then. By three seconds, you better be running with the football yeah. because the play is over, and so. That's one area, Matt, where I think the six foot five Kyle Trask has an advantage. Just seeing over the line, a little bit better than Baker Mayfield. Baker sometimes has to 
scramble to find a throwing lane where Kyle Trask, five more inches of, of you know vision and height, he, he can see over the line and doesn't have to move outside the pocket as often to find a throwing lane. And I feel like we haven't seen Baker really scramble that much, to be honest with you. Like he's, yeah. he's moved around in like certain seven on seven situations where no one's open in the moment, but you're not worried about the pass rush there where on the flip side, Kyle Trask, who's the taller guy and can see yeah. everything. Maybe that's part of it. Just his height. He's committing to running in certain situations because he just sees, all right, no one's going to be open here. Bam. The whole right yeah. side of the field is wide open. Let me get those five yards and, and get the first down. Uh, on the play. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, some things you can't really coach or teach and height is one of them. And Kyle Trask is using it. Exactly. A couple questions here. Uh, Sean Lovegrove says, is Rashad looking decent? Yeah, he's looking really good. Dave Canales is super excited about him. I think with the running backs, because you're not really allowed to bring these guys to the ground, the preseason is really where the running game is going to take hold. It just, you can only do so much in practice because you want to keep guys up. You, you don't want to have your offensive lineman take your defensive lineman to the ground. That's where ankle and knee injuries occur. They want to keep everybody healthy. So I think with these running backs, from, from a tempo standpoint, Rashad, uh, Chase Edmonds continues to really shine. He has turned the Jets on. Sean Tucker's had his moments. Keyshawn Vaughn is is all business when it comes to you know hitting the hole and going outside, finding the, the open running lane. I, I think the preseason, the Bucks are going to run the ball a ton, and they're going to really work on this running game a lot with the starters in there. And and I think that's where the running backs are going to be able to, to kind of adjust their tempo right. and and kind of you know get ready for the season that way. Another question here: How the outside linebackers look past Yaya and Jose? Uh, Marquise Watts has had some moments. I think Anthony Nelson, you know, he's he's a, a a known commodity. He's, he's had moments where he shined. JTS has really developed kind of a wicked spin move and yeah, inside yeah, spin stab that move. That looks pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah. Has been getting sacks the last two practices. Yes, so yeah, he's obviously he's trending on. in the right direction, showed his athleticism, which was kind of uh, the big reason why the Bucks drafted him when they exactly. did with that interception. So Yaya's coming along and you know, Jose Ramirez has some pass rushing moves. Haven't totally, Seen that on display just yet, but you know, there's obviously still yeah three preseason games to to see if he can put it together. Exactly. Matt, you talked about moves. Well, if you're gonna be making moves maybe in Florida or around Florida or out of Florida, folks, team up with Eric Gross and the Eric Gross group. It takes a full team effort to win a football game, and it takes a full team effort to win in real estate. The Eric Gross group has done hundreds of transactions in this crazy real estate market, and they've got experience in all types of situations. Eric, as I've mentioned before, is an avid Pewter Report reader, and he's probably watching this podcast right now. And his father was stationed at McDill Air Force Base. He's got those Tampa roots. He knows the area. He and his team have the market knowledge, the top-notch communication that you're looking for in a real estate agent, and the commitment to excellent service. That's what really sets them apart. With their strong team of vendors, a network of over 85,000 agents, the Eric Gross Group will turn your dream of buying or selling a home into a reality. Their clients are not just transactions. They're lifelong friendships. Don't let the stress of buying or selling a home keep you out of the game. Let the Eric Gross Group take the pressure off. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Eric Gross Group. Check out their website, housesinfla.com. It's a great website. 
Check out their inventory, housesinfla.com, or give them a call at 513-907-4271. No matter where you are in your home ownership journey, you'll feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group. They're the official realtor of Peter Report. Again, visit Houses in Florida. That's FLA.com. Speaking of Eric Gross, uh, he was at practice last night, and he joins us here on the Pewter Report podcast. Eric, how you doing? Doing well, guys. How about you guys? Excellent. Doing great. Love to have you on. We'd love to have you on board as the official realtor of Pewter Report. And we're going to talk about the Eric Gross group here in just a minute. But you were at practice last night. You've heard my take on it. Matt had the night off. Uh, I'm getting a day off next week, but what, what what were some of the highlights for you watching that practice last night? Yeah, I mean, I did not plan this at all. I thought about it last night after because I knew I was coming on, and it was kind of the same takes you guys had. So uh, Trask looked really good. I was excited to see that. My son is uh, he's wanting Trask to win the competition, so that's a little bit crazy. <laughs> like he's wow. all about it. So last night was great for him. Um, but Baker, I mean, he had a couple balls batted. Uh, he had another possible interception going uh, yep. when they were doing seven on seven. So, yep. um, you know, and, and I think Baker's one of those guys that once he starts to get in the groove, he starts to get in the groove and feels it. Uh, and that last drive that you're talking about where he threw the touchdown and had the crazy yeah. throw to Devin Tompkins, you could tell he was starting to feel it when he threw it to yeah. Devin, completed yep. it. It just ignited him and like, the offense, yeah. Oh, yeah, and then they get down to the five-yard line. It's a false start, like back-to-back flags, and it's like it yep. just stalls it. So, um, no, but we uh, – it was great. I also I, – I used to play left tackle, so I had to watch the O-line, D-line on their pass pro sets. So, that was, uh, that was pretty exciting. There you go. And one of the best doing it right now, Tristan Wirfs, his first shot at left tackle. He's going to be a pro bowler there. No, no worries about that. Uh, Eric, you know, on you're you're a Buccaneer fan from kind of way back when. Uh, who was your favorite player growing up, and then who's your favorite current player on the team? Yeah, so my favorite player growing up is Mike Allstott. We did a Flash Stanley thing in second grade. I was actually going to Hunters Green Elementary in New Tampa, so mm-hmm. I sent out one to my aunt. So that's like a slam dunk. I know I'm going to get my right. Flash Stanley back. Um, yeah. And then my second person was Mike Allstott. I'm like, there's no way this guy's going to send this to me. Like in second grade, my teacher prefaced yeah. it with like, hey, shoot for the stars, but it's not happening. So I'm like, right, okay. Yeah. So a couple of weeks goes by and I have a, a yellow envelope show up at school and it says one buck place on there. And I'm like, what? Like, what is this? So the teacher hands it to me. She's like, just to let you know, this is probably just a letter like saying that he couldn't do it. He's busy, like a team official, just apologizing. Right. And I open it up and it's a personalized letter to me. Um, he took my flash family to, he took him bowling with his family. He took him to the movie theater. He had his kids take some photos with them. I have it framed. It's been framed to wow. this day. That's um, amazing. Like eight or nine, eight or nine signed cards. And like, wow. Second grade me was like, oh, I'm, I'm dead set. Really? So every Bucks game. Oh yeah. yeah. Every Bucks game I'm sitting there and I'm just like, you know, I'm watching the A train and that's my guy. So um, it killed me the day he retired. But yeah. Uh, favorite player now is probably Levante David. Yeah. I wore number 54 in, in high school. Um, I love linebackers. Uh, yeah. You know, he's just been – he's been a staple. I, I, like, love watching him. He's exciting, so. that Yeah, that that's awesome about Mike Allstop. By the way, I was an offensive lineman when I played as well, so shout out to uh, the guys in the trenches. And the A-Train was out there the other day, and the line to just to, like, say yeah. hello, take a picture, sign autographs was – like a country mile yeah. long. It was insane. Like he's still just as popular now as yeah. he was when he was playing and, you know, winning a Super Bowl with the Bucks. 
Uh, Eric, I'm just curious for you, uh, what are your thoughts for the Bucs going into this season? You know, some people think that they're going to tank and, and have a top five pick. We kind of think that the Bucs are at least going to be in contention to win the division again, potentially make the playoffs. Uh, where's your head at with this? Where, where do you see the Bucs going this year? Yeah. So going into going into the training camp yesterday, I was very much, uh, you know, I, I think we're going to have a good season. I think it's really going to ride on the O-line. Um, yeah. I think there was some stuff in practice watching the O-line where I was – we were talking about Gedeke, and there was a couple times he uh, he might have ended up on his back in some mm-hmm. pass sets, and yep. that's less than ideal, especially coming from a right tackle. Uh, Faker does start, and that O-line is, uh, you know, subpar. It kind of scares me. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. little bit concerning. But uh, if the O-line can hold up, I think they're going to be really good. I think that, that D-line, like – they look good. They look fast. Yeah. They look quick. I think that's helpful. And I'm a little bit, uh, you know, Ryan Jensen, I'm, I'm praying he comes back and he's, uh, he's yeah. looking good. So um, I think that's going to be huge. But if the O-line's good, man, I just – I don't think the NFC South's that great. I really think Trask is, at least from what I saw yesterday, and that's only one practice, Yeah, he looks really good. So I'm excited. I, I got the win – my win total guess would be nine to 10. That's being reasonable. So obviously the fan of me would like to say 14 and three, but I don't think it's going to happen. (laughs) Sounds like you've been listening to the Peter report podcast. Like we're kind of like in sync, you know, about this, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's, (laughs) I mean, they got a good team, man. Like I, I hate watching the national media and it's like, you know, they've got us 30th overall. And I'm like, yeah, we lost Brady, but um, I'm just watching this team last year. I thought they lacked speed on both sides of the ball. I thought the offense was just really slow, slow developing. Really Um, was. Watch, watching like practice yesterday, Raheem Jarrett and um, Devin Tompkins, they are – Devin Tompkins is probably one of the most twitchy players I've ever seen in yeah, person. Yeah. That dude is – He's nuts. It's absurd. Yeah, yep. so I'm excited to see it. Well, we're excited to have you aboard as the official realtor of Peter Report. And, you know, you and I had a long conversation uh, prior to the partnership uh, beginning, and it just – you know, you, you check so many boxes for people. And, and listen, uh, Matt's not a Floridian. I'm not a Floridian. Um, there aren't yeah. many of us. My wife's not a Floridian. This is a transient <laughs> state. This is a state where uh, I think more people now are coming to stay rather than leave. And it's not just people coming yeah. down to retire. They're coming down earlier in their, their younger years. And, uh, and your website, housesinfla.com, just talk about that and, and what you can do for for the Peter Report readers and, and, and listeners out there uh, with with your experience. And let's face it, it, it is a relationship business, right? You're you're the, the person you're buying a house from. Is, you know, it's not just yeah. a house; it's a home. You're looking for yeah. the right house uh, in the right neighborhood and the, the right community. You want to be able to check all the boxes. Uh, I've lived in my house here for this is about almost eleven years now, and I'm, I'm not yeah. leaving anytime soon. So it's a, it's a big decision, right? It's a big decision and you need the right people on your team. And, you know, let's face it until, you know, your realtor, that, that person's a stranger, but with you, you're a Buccaneer fan. You're a Peter report reader. Why not do business with somebody that you already have a conversation, uh, you know, alignment with? Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up getting licensed. I was, I was going to college for IT um, I'm a very outgoing person, so I thought about sitting at a computer desk every day, and I was like, this this might not be for me, um, but I did. I got my IT degree, and me and my wife were actually looking at buying a home. We had a son pretty early on, so um, we worked with, I think, three or four different realtors, um, and it's nothing against them. I just uh, oftentimes just felt like maybe, um, you know, we were just another number. Like, we just, we didn't have that connection. It was just kind of opening a door, so 
Um, I looked at my wife and I said, you know, this is something where I really feel like I can have an impact on people. I can make a big difference. I like, I love houses. I, I volunteered for Habitat for Humanity in college, uh, helped build a couple homes with them. Um, and just, I always wanted to do that. So um, I got licensed. I, I never thought it was going to be what it ended up being. I got licensed just kind of thinking like, Hey, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, and I've just, I've been super blessed. Uh, we've been super lucky. My wife got licensed with me two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, our eight year old goes with us everywhere. So uh, I'm trying to get him into football. Like I'll go out and throw football. Right. And he plays hockey too. Nice. And I'm like, dude, we got to get you in the NFL. Like you got to retire dad. And <laughs> he, uh, the last time I said that, he's like, I want to be a realtor. And I'm like, stop. Like, Don't. <laughs> I'm like, we'd much rather you be a quarterback, man. You're crazy. Yeah. So, That's um, great. No, so but, it, yeah, we, I was going to ask you, so who sells more houses, you or Katie? Um, a Daniel. So our son does. So oh, he's, really? He's the, he's the closer. Yeah, yeah, he's the. Yeah, okay. Man. Yeah, we, we actually have somebody who's relocating from Michigan. They're the coolest clients ever. And, you know, we're obviously building up rapport. And yeah. they're, they're super nice. And they could care less than me or Katie has to say. They're like, <laughs> they're intent. Like Daniel's out back catching lizards, like around right. the pool. And they're like, this guy's on fire. So, yeah. Um, but no, like we, we love it. And every client to us means everything. We do client appreciation events. We do um, like ice skating in the winter for our clients. We'll do movie theater nights and stuff like that. So to us, it's, it really is more than just a transaction. We want to be there for people. Um, you know, we've, flipped houses as well so we have contractors we have all these contacts and it means a lot to us so you know we're happy to be in the community and and being able to help people find that home well, that's awesome houses in fla.com great website you can check out their inventory uh and listen we've got a lot of uh, peter report uh, viewers and listeners outside of the tampa area right and and uh you know there's going to be some of you that are going to be moving to florida right maybe not next week maybe not next month maybe not next year but sometime soon right and and so why not get with the official realtor peter report eric gross and the eric gross group uh and start things off with a with a conversation about your tampa bay buccaneers right that's that's a great place to start and then and then have eric and his team go to work for you and find the right house for you and and uh, in the right community yeah, I can talk to Bucks all day. So if you want to sit there and we're in the middle of like house searching and I know, you know, a lot of guys, we just, we don't care as long as it's got four walls and a roof, we're cool with it. So a lot of times I'll sit there and, and Katie will walk with the wife and go through the house and I'll sit there with the husband and we'll talk football. So I have no problem. Hopefully it's talking about a positive outcome on this season and Kyle Trask has got 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. I'd be happy, but. Exactly. Where? Yeah, getting, yeah, I was just okay. gonna say, getting to work with your with your family too. I imagine a lot of your clients uh, are families as well, trying to find their home. Yeah. So I met. How rewarding is that? Just being able to connect on that level, and then as a family, work together too. Yeah, it means the world to me. I so I had my son just had like at eighteen. I had him right out of high school. So um, you know, to me, it was something that uh, and like. I was the goofy kid in football. I got in trouble all the time. I actually, when I played peewee football down here in New Tampa, my coaches told my mom all the time, like he could, he could literally be, you know, a, a D one player if he'd stop goofing off. And it was no different <laughs> in high school. I was a, I was a team captain as an O lineman, but I, I messed around a lot. And then yeah. when I had my son, it, it, to me, I wanted to spend all that time with him that I could. So that was a huge motivation for me to do this. And now I like, we take him everywhere. It means everything to me that we can spend that time. And we get to build that connection with families and, you know, everybody's got young ones. So 
It's yeah. always a good, uh, cool difference there. Last question for you. You're not just in the Tampa Bay area, right? You can find houses for people. <clears throat> What's your geographic yeah. footprint? Yeah, so the cool thing is we're with EXP, so it's a national brokerage. It's the we're the fourth largest brokerage in the United States right now, um, close to moving up to the third. We have agents in every city, um, so I've got I've got personally a team that that runs in Cincinnati. We've got three agents up there that do mm-hmm. uh, upwards of about a hundred transactions a year, um, but we have people all over Florida, but literally all over the United States. So if you are one of those people that's like, I'm ready to come to Tampa Bay, I'm ready to see the sunshine, I'm ready to watch you know the Bucks play. We can help you, you know, sell your home where you're at and move to move to Tampa Bay and make it seamless. Um, and we also interview those agents. So a lot of agents don't do that. But if you're thinking about moving, um, say you're in Kansas and you're thinking about moving down here, you know, we have that conversation with the agent who's going to be listing the home and we vet them. We make sure that you know, this is most people's largest financial decision they're going to make in their yeah. life. So we take that really, really seriously. And, you know, we interview that agent for that you're going to be getting the most amount of money with the least amount of hassle. That's awesome. Really appreciate having you on board this year as the official realtor yeah. of Peter Report. Eric Gross, everybody, uh, a diehard Thanks, Peter Report uh, podcast viewer and Peter Report reader. So great stuff, Eric. We, we really appreciate that. Uh, when, uh, you know, we, we've got, um, We've got plenty of coverage, folks, here at, at Pewter Report, and it, it's not just the podcast. It is the website, pewterreport.com. We've got stories galore. It's an off day for the Bucks. Doesn't mean it's off day for us, folks. We've got tons of content on pewterreport.com, and more coming tonight, tomorrow, and all the way through the weekend as the Bucks practice Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That Saturday practice is an afternoon. They'll have the Sunday off. And then uh, back at it next week, which is game week, Matt. We have a game coming up. That's right. Bucks versus going Steelers. Up against, yeah, going up against the Steelers. going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you check out all of our content on pewterreport.com and follow us on our social media on X, formerly known as Twitter, Facebook, Threads, and Instagram. We're all at Pewter Report. And, of course, our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV. We got various clips, reels, practice stuff, and the podcast four times a week. We'll actually have the Peter Report podcast tomorrow, which is Thursday yep. and Friday, both at 4 p.m. So two more episodes to go this week. Very much looking forward to it. But that's going to do it for us on this afternoon's show. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Oh, oh I'm off to Canton. Yeah, have fun.